0: Thank you, Claire. Oops. Good morning, everybody. It's great to be with you this morning. Well, after last Christmas, we can, I think I checked the news earlier, and we can still meet in families and in our houses and look forward to more of a normal Christmas than last year. And it's just 13 days to go to Christmas. Now, in some of you, that will create great excitement. 12 more sleeps till Christmas, isn't that great? But to others of you, I know, maybe the adults here, there'll be more of a feeling of, oh no, I've got so much more to do. Already, you're probably not even listening to me. You've already got your lists in your head and you're thinking where you need to shop and what presents you need to buy and all the rest of it. Well, if that's you... Can I ask you, with a massive mental leap to come back in the room, just leave those lists for now, because today we've got an amazing passage, a passage that goes right to the very heart of what Christmas means. So why do we celebrate Christmas at all? I know it's a blindingly obvious question that I'm asking this morning, and there's a clue in the name, Christ Mass. It's all about Christ, Jesus. It's not about the lists. It's all about him. And of course, we all know that. However, so often in our busyness of December, we just subconsciously forget and push him to the bottom of our priority list. I know it's not deliberate, but he's at bottom of his Christmas list. Oh dear, I think I've lost some people already. You've gone back to your lists. Come on, come on, come back into church today. So who is this Christ that is so central to this time of year? Well, in this reading that we just had the lovely Claire read, she's my wife, by the way, anybody who doesn't know, um, John the Baptist questions who this Jesus is, and then Jesus answers him but answers him not in a way that's spoon-fed. Jesus makes John and us today in Claygate think. He gives us the evidence, and then we can conclude our own answers. Just who is this Jesus? Who is this Jesus? who is so important that even our calendars across the world starts at his birth. We are now in the year of 2021 our years being numbered since his birth. Also in this passage, Jesus also puts John right on who he is not. And also right at the end, Jesus marks that his coming changes everything. And that because of him, it's now, imp- it's now possible for anyone and everyone to know Jesus and through him to know God So what is the context of this passage? Well, John was such a forthright preacher. Back in Matthew 3, he didn't hold back when he was calling the religious leaders of the day a brood of vipers. Well, John is in trouble again, and this time with Herod, the king of Israel, but a king who's completely corrupt and had taken his own brother's wife to be his own wife. John couldn't keep quiet. He openly criticized Herod. And so Herod arrested him and threw him into jail. And that's where we find him today in our reading. Sitting there, pondering, has everything gone wrong? Was he wrong all along? All alone in his cell, John even wonders, could this Jesus not be the one, the Messiah, the Christ, who would come to rescue the Jewish people, and in fact, all the people of the world. And to so many in Israel, what they were waiting for was the coming of somebody who would rescue them from the Roman occupation of the time and restore Israel to its former glory. From the snippets of information John hears, it doesn't sound like Jesus is this military savior that so many longed for. All alone in that cell, All sorts of doubts comes to John's mind. What happened next, I think, is the first thing that we can really learn from this Bible reading. John doesn't fester in his own thinking and brooding. He reaches out in his troubles and seeks help. As he can't go himself, he sends his disciples to plainly ask Jesus, are you the one who was to come? Or should we expect someone else? So if we have doubt or questions about our faith, about who God or Jesus is, is all this true? We shouldn't just hide those doubts. We should confront them. But not staying on our own with those doubts. We should go out and seek answers to our questions. These are the fundamental questions about life and death. These are the questions that matter. If Jesus is who the Bible says he is, then this is the most important set of questions you'll ever ask yourself. Well, in the new year, virtual Richard just told us that there's an alpha course uh, in the middle of January. And this is a marvelous opportunity to explore those questions. In an environment where no question is taboo, no question will offend, Any question can be asked. So if you'd like to come along or you have a a friend you know would really love to be there, do just reach out to them and just invite them along for that 13th of January and come and talk to myself or any of the two Richards. If you choose to come, it quite possibly will be the most important New Year's resolution you've ever made. So questioning is right. Questioning is good. Questioning is healthy. So what is Jesus' answer to this such blunt question from John? Are you the one who was to come, or shall we expect someone else? Does he say, yes, that's me, and leave it at that? Well, no. Jesus actually says, look at the evidence. He said, go back and report to John what you hear and see. The blind receive sight, the lame walk, and those who have leprosy are cured. The deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the good news is preached to the poor. Jesus says, report what you hear and see. Observe the evidence. If John thinks I'm the military leader, then then observe and see and conclude for yourself whether I am or not. Jesus says, I come to reconcile to heal, to enable the blind to see. I think, too, this list, this deliberate list of things that Jesus talks about is so ambiguous. And that's absolutely deliberate from Jesus because it makes them so much more powerful. Yes, this is about Jesus physically healing people. We see that through the miracles that he performed. These miracles performed through his passion and compassion to see suffering removed and people to be made whole but this isn't just physical he came that all may see and hear the truth jesus promised life in its fullest and that includes all aspects of life physical mental and spiritual this is why jesus message is yes i am he just look at the evidence the evidence then and in the years since his death and resurrection to this very year in this very place in Claygate today. I know that there is so much evidence of him right in this room today in the stories of your lives and of his blessings that he has lavished upon you. Turning back to the the passage, in the last two verses of our passage, Jesus seems to place an amazing compliment to John. He says, I tell you the truth, among those born of women, there has not risen anyone greater than John the Baptist. What an accolade. God had an amazing job for John, and this is what he's done. John has completed his task. This is the quote that Jesus quotes from the prophet that God inspired Malachi to to say 500 years before. Malachi said, I will send my messenger ahead of you who will prepare your way before you. If John's job was to prepare Jesus' way, what, what possible more important job can we imagine? And this is why Jesus is so clear of John's greatness. I wonder and I hope that when John heard back from his disciples, as they returned, I imagine running back with Jesus' words still buzzing in in their heads, I hope that he was filled with peace of completeness, the peace that comes from a job well done. His work was done. But after paying this amazing compliment to John, Jesus then goes on to say, yet whoever is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he so what is jesus talking about here well john's clear message again and again was repent for the kingdom of god is coming jesus was that coming of the kingdom through all he would do through his life through his death and his resurrection everything would change forever So we looked at the first part of the word Christmas. The second part of the word Christmas is mass, coming from the Latin word that Catholics still use to describe Holy Communion, mass. As we come together later to take bread, we remember and celebrate his dying for us. We celebrate and are filled with gratitude and awe at his mass. His giving of himself for each and every one of us. Amazing when you think about it is that, yes, Christmas is about Jesus' birth as he was born, a baby in the stable. But it's also about his mass, his coming, his giving of himself. This is the reason why we celebrate Christmas. It's because of everything Jesus has done for us, everything he is, And that we have a real relationship and can have a real relationship with the risen Lord Jesus today. Well, already in this service and for many services in the next few weeks, we're going to sing wonderful Christmas carols. And can I appeal to you to really look at the words of those carols? Some of them are just so holistic, so complete, of Jesus' whole purpose and being. You know, it's not only about praising the baby Jesus, but remembering that in that baby Jesus was the promise and the purpose, the rescue plan that God has always had. This Jesus would live and die and be raised that we might be a forgiven people, able to be his and him ours. So at the end of the service, We're going to sing, and we're going to sing really loudly. Hark the herald angels sing, aren't we, Mark? (laughs) And the last verse says this, and you will know these words really well, but really listen to them and listen to Christ in these words. Hail the heaven-born Prince of Peace. Hail the Son of Righteousness. Light and life to all he brings. Risen with healings in his wings. Mild he lays his glory by, born that man and women may know, may, 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 born that everyone no more may die, born to raise the sons of earth, born to give them second birth. Hark the herald angels sing, glory to the newborn king. Glory indeed to this newborn king who brings light and life to all. Amen.